generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Welcome in, you were listening to a very special episode because we've got another guest sitting across from me today, Curtis McCorkwindale from Queenwood Property. Good to see you, mate. It's been a little while. How are we doing, Luke? Yeah, yeah it's been good. Very well. This tune, your favourite track or one of? One of, yeah. Yeah, what's the significance of this track for you? I tell you what, I played that one morning going to work and it just pumped me up. You know that cue where all the drums come in? Yeah. Everyone else goes from it, just hype me up. And yeah. I thought every time I need a hype up, I listen to that one too. You stick with that. Do mm. you do the old, um, the old just listen to one song a week trick? I definitely don't do that. I get, get sick of them. Yeah? You've heard about that? <laughs> I heard Izzy's podcast, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, yeah, there's no way I could do that. <laughs> it's, it's pretty extra, isn't it? Yeah, one definitely. song for an entire week. And then, yes, every now and then he sends me it on a Monday and it's like, this yeah. is it. All right, mate. Well, do you want to tell the people, firstly, uh, what you're doing at the moment, and then we can go back into your journey a little bit and pull some stories out of that. Sure. So, look, to keep it brief, Curtis from Queenwood Property, I've started up a property development company in Hamilton that's mainly residential to date, but looking at, obviously, different options. Anyone in property seems to um, spread themselves over all the different genres of property. So that's pretty much where I am today. I think a lot of people would wonder, what is development of property as such? What does that mean? So, you know, what do you do as part of that? That's a very good question. I basically look for opportunity, have a vision, and basically turn that vision into reality. Okay. It's, it's probably quite a dreamy way of putting it. Yeah, but that might be a piece of land and you want to put four houses on there, for instance? Or Correct. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so traditionally larger properties which have had their use and, and you want to put a high density or a different type of use on that piece of land as well. And focus solely in Waikato? Yeah, so I've got, well, everything to date has been in Hamilton City itself. Okay. I've expanded to Rotorua as oh, well. Yeah, okay. so I've got something we can talk about if we need to down the line. Yeah. But yeah, you sort of, you get your network set up in that city and it's, it is a lot harder to expand to, to other areas. Got you. And family business? It was, yeah. So, well, to be fair, I grew up on a dairy farm, so mum and dad are farmers. And dad's always had a bit of an interest in property, so I saw that growing up. And then with my education in land surveying, which I got the degree in, basically that's translated into 
more of, of the property stuff. Okay. And does Dad give you a hand every now and then? or He wants to now, yeah, because they're not on the farm anymore, so he wants to get the wheelbarrow and the spade out and everything <laughs> like that. Yeah. yeah. So for practicality, you find a piece of land, for instance, or with a property on it, you are looking at either building another property adjoining that or knocking it down and putting two up. What, yeah, what so part of it do you do? Well, I pretty much do everything. So I identify the land, right? figure out the best use for that is so traditionally it's been knocking down the old place or if possible transport on the truck I'm sure we've seen a few of them on the roads at night yeah and then rebuilding basically from scratch so I organize all of the I guess the council side of it survey and the planning geotech all of that right through manage all the sub trades and even have gotten into the selling side of it too wow so go and find the buyer mm-hmm. for the property as well yeah. yeah but if you don't do you then use an agent to go and do that correct yeah, yeah. and how do you know how to do all this stuff Trial and error. <laughs> really? Yeah. 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 No. Um. I well, to be fair, surveying has helped me out a lot. So I learned how the subdivision process works. But outside of that, the building, I've had no prior experience in building other than just seeing how it works and just talking to the right people. Really. Wow. Okay. So you went from, let's go back to, to school. How old are you now? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. Nice. Okay. So if we, what school? Secondary school? Did we? Yeah, learn? I went to Tiamudu College. Awesome. So, yeah, grew up in, in Te Aumuru, went to school there, and went right through till the end of year 13. Clocked that, and then off to uni to do surveying, is that right? Uh, yeah, I actually did engineering for a year, and that was in Canterbury, completely failed that. Failed? Yeah. It's not easy, is it, engineering? It definitely isn't, no. Was it good fun down there, though? It was good fun, I learned a lot, and then obviously, when I realised I didn't like engineering, or wasn't really fitting in with it properly, surveying came up, and I could basically redo that whole first year of university again. Yeah, okay. Um, which which was quite good. I went back to the halls. You know, you sort of like, it was like playing PlayStation. And you, you know, when you don't start off the game right, you can press, press start and reset. You know, yeah. it's sort of like that. Brilliant. Yeah, two goes at it. Two goes, yeah. yeah. And so then what is this? So surveying three-year degree? Four years, yeah. Four years. And clock that? Yep. Yeah. So that takes you to probably about 21, 22? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, okay. And so what do you do from there? So I went out and got a surveying job back in Hamilton. I knew I wanted to go there because I, I guess I had connections there. A lot of the family was there and thought that, you know, that, that's probably where I want to start my career. <clears throat> and got a surveying job there and pretty much worked that for a good four and a half years. And in the background, I was sort of always looking at property and how I could get into that. You never quite knew that next step, you know. Okay. And yeah. in the middle of that, all obviously all COVID came through, yeah. which, you know, that's a whole other topic in its own, isn't it? Okay, so you had an interest in property. When you say had an interest in property, was that to have a rental property? Was that to smack one down and build a new one, renovate? What What do you think uh, that was? I guess I've always been quite creative with how I think, and I've always seen cool buildings being built, you know, or like little little subdivisions and things like that. And I just like the idea of having a vision actually creating it. So rental properties, I've never had too much interest in. It's been more so the development, construction, and, and basically conceptualizing an idea. Yeah. Okay, so how do you then go from surveying your role to executing on your idea? So if I go back to pretty much the start of my working career, 2017 I believe it was, Dad was at that point was interested in property too obviously and we found a place in Hamilton and it was in the suburb of Queenwood which is where the name Queenwood property actually comes from and, and we purchased that with the idea of developing it so I'd Pretty much, you know, we went in together, lived in the house while I worked, and then tried to figure it out from there. 
we just had no idea what we were doing. You know, yeah. we bought it and thought, oh, we'll figure it out later. And it's all about just talking to the right people, right? So through that surveying job, I met a lot of uh, property developers as well and other people in that scene. And you just get to talk to them and see what's going on. Okay, nice. So you're living in this house with your your dad at the time? No, it was me. Mum and dad were at the farm, obviously. But it was me and then I obviously get flatmates in just to fill up the rooms and yeah. not, not have an empty house, you know. Got you. And the idea was that you would... Did you have a vision for what you would do with the space before you brought it? Absolutely not. We had no idea. We knew we could develop it, but didn't know what it was going to look like, whether we could do something at the back of the house, whether we had to take it off. Um, It was really, looking back now, it was probably quite a crazy idea. Yeah. And so what did you end up doing with it? So we ended up knocking down that house. Well, sorry, not knocking down. We sold that off on a truck. Someone took that off to a lifestyle section. We built four two-story townhouses on that. And like I said, we had no prior... Uh, construction knowledge so that was built totally with just the trust of the builder that we had at the time had no pre-sales didn't really know what was going on in terms of you know that end market value had a bit of an idea yeah but not enough to have that pure confidence so it was quite a wild first project really when you sell a house off of a piece of land do you get good money for it for just the house uh i'm trying to think what we sold that for it might have been it was it was somewhere between 20 and 30,000 very dependent on what type of house is. If it's weatherboard, obviously you can pick it up with the weatherboards on. If it's a brick house, you've got to de-brick it. You've got to re-clatter it at the other end. So there's a lot of, you know, a lot of dependency on that type of house. So 20, 30K, that's all. Mm. Jeez. Yeah. Okay. It sounds cheap, but then you actually do the math on getting it to the other end, you know, putting the piles in the ground, the driveways, the plumber. It, just, it starts adding up. Yeah. So you've got to be a handyman to do that. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, bugger that. It's uh, that's well beyond me. Okay, so they take the the uh, house off of the section, and then what's your next steps from there? So we got our builder in, and we had already pre-arranged a builder, obviously that had done past projects similar to that. He took on a bit of a project management role, and um, well, you know, we had all the architect stuff in the background as well. So we were chopping and changing designs all over the show, trying to figure out the best way to make it work stuck to their design and then got the builder in from there yeah and with my survey knowledge obviously i had a lot of control over the land development side of it and then our builder took over the build side of it okay but what are you building four three bedroom townhouses four three bedroom townhouses yeah nice and how did you decide that that was what to build we just saw other people do it yeah it's quite a funny thing you said oh that looks good we'll just repeat that here and let's see if it works so is this sort of who, not how, like you're going and finding people that know how to do this stuff? Yeah. Yeah. And bear in mind, like I was still working full time, so it was a hard one for me to balance the, the full time, you know, survey and employment and trying to do this all at the background. So that did help out a lot with that Yeah. as well. Nice. Okay. So how long does it take you to build those four th- three bedroom houses? Because you must run into COVID during this too, too do you? Yeah, just finished just beforehand. So the COVID came with the next project, which is a whole nother. Uh, story altogether yeah but this project we probably spent a good 12 months just trying to figure out what to actually do on that site okay (laughs) so you know we were going back and forth there's not designs like we said do we build on the back blah 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 once we finally got that in then that build was probably another say 12 months on top of that a few mistakes along the way yeah as well so i'd say two two years for that so that was basically 2017 to 2019 2017 2019 okay cool and so then you've got Four, oh, you've, oh, you thought you might have muted me there. 
So you've got four then houses to sell. Okay. And what, how did you sell them? That was all through a real estate agent. So that was at the time where I didn't even think I could, you know, yeah. put on a salesman hat and try and do it myself. So we used a local agent for that. And yeah, it went well. Obviously, townhouses at the time in Hamilton were quite a hard sell. Everyone wants a standalone, single level, you know, four bedroom, double garage, that sort of thing. Yeah. And that was a hard sell to get people convinced on that model of housing. Obviously, now it's a lot different, right? But yeah. back then, yeah, it was quite challenging. And did they all sell pretty quickly? Or did it take some time for the agent to work through, get them all sold? It was definitely a couple of months. I would say from memory, that was about three, four months okay. to actually get rid of them all. Yeah. And did you set up entity or business to be able to do this in? Correct, yeah. So yeah. The, the actual legal company name is Queenwood Developments Limited. And that's obviously where Queenwood property came from. The only reason we called it that was because of the suburb was in Queenwood. The street was Queenwood Avenue. Obviously, yep. when you set up an entity, you need to pick your name and what better way to call it after your street you're developing on, right? Yeah, so yeah. that name's just stuck right through the whole process too. Now, many people probably wouldn't realise, but you've got to pay GST um, on the mm-hmm. sale of those, right? You've got to pay tax on any profits that you make Correct. throughout the development. Yeah. So you sell the four units. And by the end of that, is that is that you going, oh, I love this, this is this is me for the next ten years? Was it what was that like? Yeah, was that feeling sort like? of it it sort of you know, gave me a bit of spark in the eyes there for a bit. And I thought, well what what else can we do? So during that process actually this is a f- not a funny story, but I guess it's a story worth telling. Because I lived in the house, I knew a lot of the neighbours around there up. It was an elderly suburb, so a lot of the people were old, um, and they all had the big sections correct, right? So, um, little behold, the one of the owners passed away, unfortunately. We managed to see the ambulance parked in the driveway, right? So we sort of tracked down the children. They all lived out of town. They were happy to sell, so we put together a bit of an offer there. In the background, managed to purchase that privately, so off-market, and then that was the next development site. So that was right across the street. Oh, wow. From the last one, the two-story one we were talking about. Yeah. Sure. And then that started that whole process again. So so then you take your profits from the first one. What was left of it. Yeah. yeah. And <clears throat> you know, you don't have to see, need to say how much, but you know, was it wasn't much. Wasn't much. Like yeah. looking back on it now, that was a terrible project. Okay. Um, you know, the agents took their cart, the builders took their cart. Everyone sort of took their cart and we were left at the end thinking, What do we got? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then you go and buy the property across the road. And is it the same thing? You build the exact same, same thing across the road? Well, same exact terms of property. It was on a corner, so a little bit more appealing from a development perspective. But what we learnt doing that first project is the neighbourhood was still obviously quite a ageing demographic. No one wanted two storeys because obviously, you know, when you get older, you're not going up the stairs. Yeah. So we decided to build single level at that point, which dropped it back to a three-unit development rather than four. So there's still three bedrooms, but they were just single level. They just had a bit more space around them. Okay. And then you, so does this take you to basically the late 2019? That would have been pretty much 2019, yeah, at the end of it. So we demoed the house and then lockdown happened. And we were sitting there with a demoed site. I'd had people that had, I'd had buyers on all three of them. This was when I was doing my sales privately at that point. So... Oh, so you're selling them like before they've been built off, off the plans? Off the plans, yeah. I thought, hey, yeah. that's a good idea. Everyone does that. Yeah. So I had three buyers lined up for each of those properties and they were just about to sign and the whole country went down, you know, locked down there. And I thought, oh, we'll just wait, see what happens. 
And yeah. we'd demoed the house, everything was ready to start. Yeah. And I thought, shit, what the hell? You know? It's pretty scary. Mm. Yeah. And just so when I'd had, like, everything was lined up, and then, the, you know, when someone says, oh, we'll just we'll wait, wait, you know, and then we are just yeah. sitting there waiting. We didn't know what was going on, do we? No. And so what does happen through COVID for you and for Queenwood? <clears throat> so that project went completely on hold throughout that whole period for a while there. Obviously, you could you could get back into construction at some point. So we kept on going through that, and thankfully those three purchases did go through with that whole development. They had to sell their own houses first, so there was a bit of a, you know, a waiting period, I guess you'd call it, for them to sell their property. Yeah. But they still committed. They went through it, and they love it. Nice. Mm. So they, during COVID, nothing could happen in terms of building, but you were still able to, the deals went through? Yeah. 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 Okay. Nice. And so then how long did those ones take to be built? That was more like nine months. So that was a bit more of a, a simple project being single level. They were obviously three units rather than four. So that was a bit more straightforward. And by that point, we'd got a bit of experience as well yeah. um, with that process. And, and I was a bit more hands-on with that project too. Had you, as well. do you, when do you quit your job in this June? After that one. Okay, after that one. All right, we'll get to that. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I guess what I'm trying to figure out or highlight is that you take the lessons from the first one and then start to refine it in the second Definitely. one, right? Yep. Yeah. And that process just is continually going, even to this day. Nice. You know, you'd understand yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, sometimes people, I think, want to do something and get into it and just assume that they can hit the ground running and smash it out of the park from day one. But often something like that, you've got to have a crack and then that's how you make the second one profitable or faster, more efficient because of the learning in the first. Definitely. Yeah, no matter what that is. Okay. So then you sell so you sell all these ones, you don't need an agent, you save yourself some money there. Correct. You're juggling this with a full time job all, all the while as well? Much to, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> uh much to the dismay of probably the bosses at the time, but they were they were very reasonable because it was a surveying company. I was still in in action, I guess, with doing the surveying for these particular properties at the same time. I see. So that was definitely, you know, very helpful. Yeah. Having in, that. So you sell all of those, and that must get you to about the end of 2021. That'd be right, Fear. Um, well, so that would have gone pretty much right through 2020. So it would have got us to the, yeah, definitely it was the end of 2020. Okay, cool. And then what happens? And then, again, because I was familiar with the area, another property popped up across the road. So we were leapfrogging from yeah. property to property across the street, right? And so I got the third one in there, and that was the point where I, you know, handed the job in and just thought, hey, I'll give this a go full time now. What were you hoping to be able to do that you couldn't do when you had your job? With the job, obviously you're working eight to five, which is fine. But construction, you need to be on top of everyone all the time. So, you know, problems go wrong all the time. Yeah. You need to go there at 11 o'clock. You can't. You got your job on. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll build a bit of a project management sort of fee into this project. And just commit to it and see where it takes me. Nice. How was that quitting your job? It was scary. Yeah. You know? I can remember thinking about it for a long time, and and COVID probably delayed that. Who knows how long? But I remember sitting there thinking, right, I'm going to do it now. And and boss was in this room, and I thought, right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. It took me all morning to go and tell him, eh? Yeah. It was so scary. It's funny how that's such a big thing, mm. eh? And were you having to use debt and finance along this journey as well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, do you have to um, learn that side of it too? There's a lot of learnings. You know, you got your construction learning. You got to learn about the finance, like you said, the GST, the tax. 
that's still a bit of a mystery. I've got it pretty down pat now, but <laughs> yeah. you know, there's always hairy things that pop up. Yeah, that you got to sort of see how that works. And keeping the bank on side. Yeah. Yeah, making sure definitely the old man's happy as well, no doubt yep. as well. Yeah. Yeah. And what do they think about you quitting your job? Uh, Dad was definitely more supportive than a bit like you know, oh, keep the job, see what you can do, blah blah blah. Yeah. Dad's always been a bit more of an entrepreneurial sort of minded person, so he's always been quite supportive of that. Nice. Which is good. And since you've quit your job, what's it done for you? It's allowed me to meet so many more people than I would have otherwise, you know. Mm. So, you know, a lot of people in that property space that I may not have been otherwise connected with, now that I've had the time, I've, I've put myself out there. I can't. Sorry. Oh, giving, you too, I, giving you too much beer. Yeah, too much beer, sorry. I can't believe the amount of money that I've probably spent on coffee, you know, meeting up with new people and just doing, you know, putting the face out there and networking. And what's that done, having building that network? I haven't. I guess it's built a team around me that I can I can come to if I got a problem. If I get stuck, I can go to this guy. If I don't know how to do it, I'll go to this person here. And you know, everyone likes to help each other out. Hopefully, yeah, um, nice, yeah, yeah. So that's the way. Okay, so we go back to the construction side. So now you've got two successful projects out of the way. You've banked a couple of sets of lessons, and another property comes up across the street. They must think in your neighbourhood by this stage, fuck these guys just. You know, they won't. It's property <laughs> moguls. What are they doing? They're turning everything. I tell you what, they didn't like us to start with. They thought, oh, these two story townhouses, blah, blah, blah. But once that finished, they thought, hey, these are actually quality. I'll show you a photo afterwards. Yeah. But yeah, they were really high end. The neighbours that moved in, they were all owner occupiers. They fitted in with the community quite well. And after that, they thought, well, you know, these guys actually aren't as bad as what they look, you know. Yeah. Developers always have a bad name, don't they? Yeah, they seem to. Okay, so then what happens on the third site? How big are we going now? So again, that's a very similar size. So single level, four, two bedroom units there. And what we've decided is that, you know, you really have to maximise the amount of units on that site just to get your yields up. Otherwise, profitability, you know, starts to become a question there. Okay. So that's a lot of jargon. Explain that for me. You have to maximise the units on the site to get your yield up. Yeah. So what I mean by that is, I guess yield is the number of units on the site, right? So the last one we did that was on the corner, that was three units. Uh, if you can divide that land cost into four, then that obviously makes it more cost effective from the land perspective and then also, you know, that, that flows yeah. into the, the business side of it. Yeah, and so when you're selling these, you're splitting it out into four Correct. titles, yeah, with land and house on top yep. effectively. But yeah, yeah, okay, cool, it makes sense. And so how did that one go? That one went well. So I, again, tried to sell them off the plans. I got 50% of them sold. So two of them sold off the plans before construction started. Again, they were both owner-occupiers that were really excited to move into the area. So, you know, I did the sales pitch, went to the house with the plans, you know, put on the suit jacket, blah, blah, blah. Did that well. And that was at the point where construction costs were going up rapidly, right? So we decided, hey, we'll sell two to de-risk the project, but we'll sit the other two there and ride that, you know, that construction cost out. Admittingly, that backfired a bit because the prices of houses come back down at the end of it. Yeah, okay. Okay, there's a few things there. So when you sell off the plans, part of doing that is that because you can then access funding faster from the bank if you want to get, excuse me, some funding as well. Is that right? Yeah, so the banks will look favourably at off the plan sales. We were fortunate enough not to have that, but that was just from personal, I guess, de-risking of that project. Yeah, okay. So then you start building those, but you must do come across another lockdown? There was probably a few there. I mean, I mean, 
Auckland's probably a bit different to Hamilton. We, yeah. You guys got slammed a bit harder. We definitely got hit, but but after that first one, from memory, you could still continue building. Yeah. You know, you could still be on construction. Oh, you'd okay. have to, you know, you get sent home from the office for something like that, but I believe from memory, construction could still keep going with, obviously, all your protocols in place. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's hard to remember some of that stuff. Mm. Eh? It's funny how big I've, of a deal I've erased a lot of it from my memory. Yeah. About that. It's such a big deal at the time, and then it starts to, you know, you start to forget how it all, how it all went down. Okay, so you now get into the scariness of cost of construction increasing massively, but then house prices start getting out of control in 2021, mm. right? But yep. is that what you're saying, is that once the other two were finished, that you could sell, you missed the boom? Exactly, yeah. So uh. we finished them, the two there were like, right, we're ready to sell. No one was ready to buy. You know, okay. everyone had sort of run for the hills. Yeah, so so we, we sold one of them. To this day, I still own one of them, and they've tenanted that out. Okay. We've tenanted that out. I guess that's another part of this development piece is that you can then eventually go off into ownership and retaining them, right? And then a landlord as such. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So that was never the intention. That's just happened yeah. as it's happened. Um, but, you know, you just got to go with it, don't you? Yeah, okay. Cool. And what what happens after that? So, again, during that process, we were able to secure another property so you always want to be thinking one or two steps ahead in that property game. So while you're building one, you're looking for the next one. Admittingly, that was bought when you said about house prices booming. We bought that pinnacle yeah. in November 2021. That was purchased. And that one, that site has been put on hold for now. I haven't been able to make that work from a financial perspective. Yeah. So you just sit on the, is there a house on that as well? There's a house and yeah. I live in it to date. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I've been, every house that we've purchased, I've just bounced from house to house. Well, how does and, that go? Oh, it's it's a pain in the ass. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's part of the journey. I'm hoping when I look back in five years I can say, Hey, that was, you know, all part of the fun. Yeah. But yeah, it is a real pain in the ass. Well it's good uh, segue into where are you going with all of this? And are you enjoying it? And is your dad enjoying it too? I'm enjoying it, yep. Yeah. So I've taken on more of the job gone now, I've taken that on as a full time gig. Um project management, looking at obviously new sites, things like that. I've been fortunate enough to have had connections with social housing providers and Kangaora, things like that. So I've been getting into that space too, which is keeping me busy for the past 12 months and the next 12 months moving forward as well. When you say you've been lucky enough to get into that, so does that mean building houses for Kangaora? Correct, yeah. Okay, yeah. And that's probably protected you a little bit on the downside because they're still buying yeah. or they're still wanting houses built, right? Yeah. I see. Yeah. It seems like a lot of people will probably, in your space, going that direction where they have to mm-hmm. because everyone is yep. yeah okay. and if you haven't got in there it's going to be hard for them so I I foresaw I guess what was happening and thought alright I better start making inquiries around this and how do I do it what do I who do I talk to you know yeah. I was on LinkedIn messaging all sorts of people and trying to get numbers and emails and you know eventually got to the right people which was which was very good where does the hustle come from for you because a lot of people wouldn't do that they would expect they shouldn't have to and they'll do mm. it last resort I don't know. We've definitely grown up with it, me and my brother. We've always done little little hustles here and there. So I used to sell firewood. I used to rear calves and sell them when they were weaned. Yeah. I imported shoes when I was a kid from America. I'd import headphones, caps. I was just trying to make a buck, you know. Yeah, nice. Is yeah. that when you before we hit record? That's some of the things that you said. You know, you've you've had a crack at. Definitely. Yeah. 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 I tried it all. Yeah, some of it didn't work, but you know, you just learn from it and move on. That's what I was gonna say. I think you take those lessons through to the next thing, right? But mm. 
And did your parents try and foster that entrepreneurship in you if they could see you wanting to do things like that? I think so. They'd, they'd want me to say yes. Yeah. So I'll say yes. Yeah, nice. Um, but no, it's been, it's been good. They've been very helpful with that side of things. I reckon that's the cool thing about farms is there's so much of that stuff that you can do right and I often talk about how I have a mate who's on a farm and he'll yeah, he'll basically tailor up his or dial up his side hustle based on what things he has coming up because he wants to make sure that it's not coming out of farming profits, mm. that there's another way to create some income on the farm and yeah. they'll go off and do it and then teaching their kids to do the same thing. And you've got to remember as well, like that I was growing up when internet was only really just coming into things. I remember getting the computer with the old noise, you know. Yeah. And uh, you know we were right in the middle of nowhere, so we couldn't just ride around the corner to a friend's place. It was just me and my brother Regan just doing fun stuff on the farm. Yeah, nice. You know? Yeah. And so, do you with the property stuff? Do you find it hard to stay focused on that, or do you want to dabble into? You must see a hundred different ways to make a dollar here and there as I well. I always see things. Yeah, it's hard to not think like that when, you, when you've got that mindset. Yeah. But property is something that I enjoy, and so a lot of my attention goes to that. Nice. What do you learn from at the moment in that space? What do I learn from? You know, is there anyone that you sort of follow or content that you consume or... Probably just some of the local guys in town. You know, there's obviously, I'm probably quite young in this space, but there's a lot of older, I guess you call them veterans. They probably don't like me calling that, but yeah. they, they've they gone through it all and, you know, they're always happy to catch up for a coffee or a beer or, or what have you and, and, you know, probably look up to them a lot as to how they've you know been successful in their career. Nice. And do you just reach out to them and introduce yourself and say, hey, I'd love to learn from you? Yeah. How do you go about that? Well, I guess... Some of them have been mutual connections through other people in the industry. Some of them I've had to, you know, outreach and cold call and things like that. But everyone has been quite helpful and, and is always willing to catch up nice. as well in that space. That's been very good. It's cool when you see how willing people are to help other people succeed, right? Mm. Yeah. There's definitely some of the old boys that are probably a bit reserved. You know, they won't tell you all their secrets, but a lot of the younger people, they're very happy to sort of help you up yeah. onto that next step. Back to where you're going with this, what does that look like? So I just want to be in a place where I can create cool developments, whether that's in Hamilton or, or another area. I guess that's something that I'm working on at the moment. Yeah. But I just like creating something when I've got a vision and, and turning it into reality. So whether that's housing, whether that's some other form of property, that's, that's sort of just where I want to head. Nice. Bringing a vision to reality, mm. to life. Yeah. How rewarding is that when you see those finished? Oh, it's very rewarding. and. And what's even better is when you see the people you've sold them to come in, you know, they're smiling, they're setting it up, they're giving you hugs. It's, it's um, you know, it's bloody good. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Brand new home. Yep. Yeah. Brand new. And here I am living in the old shitters, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's the way. Oh, well, I'm sure it won't be like that forever, mate. Hopefully not. Yeah. yeah. If you could distill some of your lessons from this last six years, that would be about right, eh? Yep. Yeah. Six, seven years. Yeah would they be if you could bring those down to three things, do you think? I would say put yourself out there because there's always someone that's willing to help you and if you're not putting yourself out there, they, don't, they won't know you and they won't know who you are yeah. and, and what you want to achieve. So that's something, like I said, I can't, wouldn't have any idea how many coffees I've, how much I've spent on coffees, sorry, meeting up with people, trying to learn from them. So it's all about getting yourself out there, I think. Yeah, on that one, so that's one. A lot of people struggle to do that. Did you, or that's I always was, been okay? Uh, it, 
I've been a very shy kid growing up, and I don't know where it's come from. I think it's confidence. It might be a bit of age. It might be the fact that you know you go to the gym, you work out, you get a bit of confidence that way. Yeah, you learn a bit more. Your experiences, things like that, and so it's definitely been built over time. Yeah, nice. When did you get into the gym? I've been going since university, but on and off, you know. Yeah, well, you must be benching about 160 kegs at the moment. Oh, I want, I want to say I can, <laughs> but I haven't tried it. <laughs> yeah, okay, oh, we'll, we'll hold you to that. <laughs> I'll send you a photo in six months. Yeah, good man. Yeah. Any advice for people on how to put themselves out there more that's worked better for you, given that you might have been a bit shy, etc.? Anything that you've done to find your rhythm? I guess don't, don't be worried about what other people think. You know, um, no one really cares about what you do or, or what you look like or who you are. You know, yeah. they'll they'll they're not worried about that at all. So if you get caught up on that, just remember, no one actually cares. Yeah, nice. Mm. They'll be caught up in whatever they are yep. they're doing. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Lesson number two then is you sip on that beautiful hazy whatever that is there. Yeah, what is that? White is White it? Tire. Yeah. Day glow. Good. Very good. Very good. Yep. All right, mate. You can take some with you, but you're not allowed to drink them on the drive back, okay? No, I won't. I'll, I'll put them in the back of the ute. Thank you, man. Okay, <laughs> number two then. Second lesson. Um, so get yourself out there. Think bigger. I think a lot of people don't think big enough. Um, you know, I've had to do some things where I've thought outside the square where most people will say, hey, that's not possible. I've always thought, well, how can that be possible? You know, rather than say, I can't do that, say, how can I do that? And that's been a big game changer for me. Nice. And, and how I operate. Wicked. Love it. Number three? Number three. I only had two on my mind, eh? Hey, coming yeah. up here. Yeah. Um, third lesson. I don't know, yeah. A theme that I hear is that you've obviously got a bit of an attitude to just figure shit out. Because most people, I mean, I couldn't even think where to start in terms of trying to do what you've done, yeah. Um, but to also get six years in and be still willing to live not in the brand new house, you obviously got a theme there of delaying the gratification as well. Yeah, I've been quite good at that. Um, I don't have the flash car. I've still drive around in Nissan Navara. As, nice. as much as I want a nice car, I know that you know the right time or the best place for it yeah. at the moment. So hopefully, yeah. hopefully, come down. But yeah, I guess if we if we say the third point is, you know, want to have you want to enjoy your time, but you don't want to, you know, enjoy it too much where you sort of lose focus a bit. Yeah. Have you had some times where it's been thoughts going through your head, why oh, am I doing this? Is this actually worth it? Must have been pretty tough there through some of those uh, ups and downs of the market and construction costs. Yeah, I guess some, some of it probably comes down to a bit of naivety. You know, you go, oh, this is, this, I can do anything, you know? Yeah. Uh, looking back, there's definitely some, some points where, Things weren't probably going the best, but hey, I'm still, you know, I went through it. I'm still sitting here, still enjoying what I'm doing. Yeah. So that's the main thing. When the market has got so many fluctuations in it, and then, you know, you said to me before that it's it's pretty quiet out there at the moment. How do you keep yourself energized and focused and cranking the business development when you must be getting a lot of no's? There's a lot of no's. But I guess you just have to think of the, the bigger picture, right? So things aren't going to be like this forever. Uh, even though they might feel like it, uh, you know that down the line, you know, there's still a need for housing. There's still record numbers of immigrants coming through. Where are they going to live? Who's going to own the rentals that they're in? Blah, blah, blah. So you just got to think of that bigger picture. And, and if it's, it's bad now, it's going to be better in the future. Nice. Yeah. Simple as that. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you're right. It's important to go back to 
fundamentals right and the overarching things that are driving any market that mm. people are playing business. Yep. Yeah. Would you advise younger people to have a crack at this space? It's a very risky space and if it goes wrong, it goes really wrong. So I think if I was to do it over again, I would go under someone else's wing that's gone through all those problems and challenges and, and you know, they're twenty years ahead of me and and sort of I guess build their trust, help them out to a certain point and, and go from there. That would be how I would reapproach it, I guess. Yeah. So that you can effectively speed up your journey by leveraging off of some of their lessons and mistakes. Correct, yeah, because I've had to learn everything the hard way. Yeah. If you could latch on to someone else and help them out, I'll teach you those lessons. You won't need to even worry about them. And what about friends your age? Are they interested in what you're doing? Are they think you're crazy? What's the vibe? Some probably think I'm crazy. I've, my friend groups have definitely changed over the years to be more towards that ambitious type. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it always happens. Friends come and go. I've been quite well, well, I've done quite a good job of, I guess, navigating those friend groups and they've got a really good, Group of friends now. Nice. And how important is it having the support of your family for a journey like this? Oh, very important. So, again, my brother's in, in business too. He's always trying to think of other ideas. So it's sort of a family thing. We've got a group chat. Mum probably gets sick of all the ideas that are sent in on <laughs> yeah. it. You know? Yeah. Three lads and their mum putting exactly. up with all of it. Yeah, yeah mum's <laughs> putting up with it all. Yeah. And what's it like working closely with your, with your dad or when you get to spend that time together? It's um, You probably get that fatherly son sort of always, you know, bickering and battering on at each other about yeah. different ideas. So he loves the physical side of the development. He'll get on a spade, a wheelbarrow, what have you. He just loves that. Whereas I am probably more focused on, on the bigger picture, the deal making, how to, how it all comes to life, things like that. So yeah. um you know, we got a good synergy there of how that works. What's been the most surprising thing that you've encountered since quitting your job? I tell you what, when I quit my job I found it really hard to not well, to take time off during that 8 to 5. I was so regimented in, in working from 8 to 5 that if I felt like I wanted to go to the gym at 3 o'clock, what have you, yeah. it was, I felt really bad, you know. Like mm. I just didn't want to do it. And that's taken almost two years to actually, you know, wash that out of the system. And, and now that freedom of, of sort of doing what I want, obviously I still do work, you know, but, um, you know, having that flexibility of, of doing what I want when I want. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm. Yeah, it's a hard thing to to break right I know exactly what you're talking about sometimes I I be sitting at home and I've sort of finished what I need to do and I think right might go down for a sauna or go to the gym oh I might just wait till five then I'm up yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> I'm gonna work when I get back anyway so just go and get it done and then yeah and have you been able to put sort of boundaries in place to sort of because I'd imagine it would be pretty consuming if you want it to be right yeah I I enjoy it and and so I probably spend a bit more time than than others working and, and boundaries for me I guess I still work on the weekends you know I work before eight after five blah 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 so it sort of just follows me around better than when you mm. need to and I'm sure yep. as things change in your life and as you you know progress and whatnot into different developments and yeah start building out teams and things if, if that's even what you're into I'm sure you'll probably then figure out what you want your day to look like yep is that something that you're considering doing you know increasing team size and, and having property is quite unique in the fact that Deal by deal, right? So you got your core business, but it really is project by project. And and a lot of people seem to run solo for a long, long time. You know, they might hire a project manager or uh, some client consultants for the sales, that sort of thing. But um, a lot, a lot of the work is actually done by your 
contractors and subbies, and you can sort of set up incentive packages and things like that. So it would be fun to have a team because it's bloody boring working by yourself, right? Mm. Property is quite unique in the fact that you can probably do quite a lot just by yourself. Yeah, cool. And everybody's favourite, mate, what's your prediction of what's going to be happening in the in the old property market over the next few years? Wow. Yeah, that's an interesting one because I guess a lot of it's probably hinged on that OCR rate and interest rates, things like that. Yeah. So as soon as you see that, I guess, start to come back and who knows when that when that will be, I'd say that would be when things are starting to get positive. Yeah. Okay, but it's not as important for you because you've still got to find deals that you can make work financially from mm, the outset anyway, yeah. right? Like I, I've just got to buy and sell in the same market. That's sort of, you know, if you can make a deal work, you can sell it in that same market and, and get your profit margins that you need, then it'll still work whether it's a good market or a bad market. But it just the sales side is the challenging part at the moment. On that, so what are the risks that property developers face? Cost overruns, people pulling out of sales, you know, there's all probably all sorts of, of things that go wrong. But the the main issue really is not running to your budget. You know, you get to the end of the project, you think it's going to cost two million, it's cost two and a half, and there's all your profit gone. Wow. Yeah. And so you're working for free for potentially 12 months? Yeah. Yeah, yeah technically, yeah. What's that like? It's. Uh, wouldn't want to do that too many times. You wouldn't want to do it too many <laughs> times. You could probably get away with doing it once, learn from that lesson, and move on. Yeah, but uh, yeah, if you kept doing that, well, you're probably not the best in property, you know. Yeah, what's the most rewarding thing about it? The most rewarding thing for me has just seen the homeowners go into their homes at the end. You know, they've been waiting, you know, six, twelve months for that process to, to be built. You know, I get them through during construction and show them through the different stages, and then to get them there at the end, you know, seeing them smiling at the front door, got the car in the garage. You know, they yeah. love it. I think I saw on your website taking people through and open days and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it's Instagram actually. So. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 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 So at the end, obviously, you got your settlement period. So what that means is, is any purchaser, when the titles and the code of compliance come out, you've got a certain number of days before they actually technically own it. Uh, so I ran a bit of an open day on one of those projects, got all the community out there, got some friends coming through, and just had a bit of a look at it complete because when the people move in, like it's too late, you can't show people through. So it's a yeah. great opportunity to get everyone in the development, see what it's like, hopefully swindle a few, uh, you know, future purchases and have yeah. a look, you know, yeah. at that finished product. And do you sometimes drive past that Queenwood neighbourhood and think, wow, you know, we brought that to life? I do, and because it's on my way home sometimes, so I'll always detour. Throw it, you know, and have a look just to make sure the lawns are still tidy. You know, everyone <laughs> loves the gardens, you know, even though it's got nothing to do with me anymore. Yeah. It's a good, I guess, mascot for my business. You know, you can tell people, hey, go down the street, have a look at what we've done. Yeah. And, you know, it's a really good, I guess, representation of what we can do and what we can achieve. Good on you. Is there anything that we haven't spoken about today that you would like to share with people who will be listening to this? I think we've covered off pretty well. I'd just say, yeah, go out and do it. And don't be worried about what people think, and you just give it a go. And when you say that, it's not just about property you're talking anything, about. Anything, yeah, anything, anything in general, whether it's yeah. importing shoes from America and flicking them on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many pairs of bloody shoes did you sell? Oh, I can't. I lost money on one pair of shoes, and that was the end of it. Never did yeah. it again. Yeah. And I wish I just kept doing it, you know, because that was pre, you know, social media wasn't around then. That was I was flicking them on Trade Me. You know, I was taking sheet of photos with white sheets in the background, make it look like a showroom. Yeah. I loved it, yeah. Bloody good. Well, mate, thank you for spending some time and coming up uh, from down there in Hamilton. Do you get along to some of the Chiefs games? 
I have been invited to a few of them. Yeah. Yeah. Last one was actually in the corporate box with Tuatahi First Fibre. That was that was good fun. Yeah. I actually think I might have seen a post from you yours. Done, of yeah. yeah, we got the pink training jerseys and everything. Wow. Yeah. Well looked after, eh? Yeah. So I I really like Hamilton when they get down there. It's mm-hmm. a good spot. Well, mate, uh, thank you for your time, and I'm sure we'll we'll stay close to your journey. If people want to keep an eye on what you're doing and learn a bit more about Queenwood, then where do they go to that? I guess Instagram and LinkedIn would be the best way. So Curtis McCorquindale, Curtis with a C, and then last name is M-C-C-O-R-Q-U-I-N-D-A-L-E. Simple as that. Simple as that. We'll have to uh, stay in touch and give the people a little update at some stage. Your favourite tune to drive you back down to yeah, uh, why not? the Tron. Let's do it. Public visitation. We met at borders. Told us you'd take me back. I'll be more supportive. I made mistakes, I run my head, you caught, sucked me dry, I spent that bread, she need a daddy, baby please.